Welcome to an all-new episode of Fast Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Cummins, at Logan Cummins on Twitter, and on today's episode, I'm going to try to make friends with actor, writer, and director Alan McLeod faster than if I would get wasted if I were on an episode of Drunk History. I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian, and a ranch-dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. Sometimes it works. Other times, not so much. Alan, welcome to the Fast Friends Podcast. Hey, nice to be here, Logan. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, man. Thanks for coming on. How's your How's your week going? Oh, it's it's going uh, it's going pretty good. Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a nice little week. I have a little boy, and he started school, so that's been all oh, fun, life changing. Yeah, so that's been the big event this week. Is it like full day kindergarten or something? It's like a half day. It's still enough though. I treasure it. Yeah, I bet. Um, I saw today, I don't know if you saw this or not, but have you seen the uh, pictures and news about Kim Jong-un's weight loss? I did. <laughs> it's, making me, <laughs> it's making me feel really bad about myself, quite honestly. I know. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, even Kim Jong-un is having to glow up, and I'm like sitting here just eating Cheez-Its. You know, oh, I for... know. I was like, I wish I, wish I had Kim Jong-un's life, you know? <laughs> I, I could do without some parts of it, but he does need a tailor. What a role model. Even though he's thinner now, I thought his suit looked drapey. I was surprised. Uh, that could be a choice. That could be a style choice. It could be. I mean, uh, I don't know what... Maybe the fashion is like a little like uh, droopy. It's kind of like a detective coat, like an old like noir oh, yeah. detective coat. Maybe that's kind of the fashion he's going for. I only... I just... I recently like rewatched The Two Jakes and it kind of made me... Now that you bring it up, kind of made me think of uh, Jake... Uh, oh, Crap! What's the name of the What's the last name of Jack Nicholson's character in that movie? I would. I'm gonna have to look forget it, up. it, Jake. You know, is it get? How do you say it? Gettys? Oh yeah, Gettys. Yeah, Gettys? yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah Gettys. Yeah. Anyway, so obviously, and this has been said many times before, but Kim Jong Un and Jake Gettys from uh, Chinatown and the Two Jakes have a very similar fashion sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're bringing all of the facts to you guys on Fast Friends. The, this... Not a lot of people are adding that into the article about Kim Jong-un today. No, no. We like to take a different take on things. I, don't, I almost called it a spin, but I don't want it to sound like fake news because it's re it's very real. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Um, what I what I typically ask guests to do up front is like just kind of give us a 30 seconds or less. Tell us who Alan McLeod is. Mm, Alan McLeod. I actually ask all of my guests to describe you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, what are they? How are they describing me? We'll have to go back through the catalog. I'm sorry. No, I. Um, I the way I said that, I was like, wait, I start with this, and then I asked them. So, no, I meant like, yes. Please tell us in your own words who Alan McLeod is. Mm, well, I would say you know you're kind of like pretty accurate up top. I would say I would say I'm an actor and a writer and comedian and dad and husband dog owner son brother wow uh we can only use like one word for each description but yeah. i yeah the uh no i mean uh yeah i don't know that's that's kind of like that's kind of if if uh if i'm just saying like kind of what i do you know <laughs> yeah um but i'm also i'm also an an uh, uh you know a big enthusiast of history and the outdoors and i i love to travel and i love an adventure and uh you know it's um it's uh something that i've like that i like to take advantage of you know with with time time off or with things you know kind of slowed down that you know to, to just you know try to travel and try to be a open-minded open open-hearted individual and you know see some stuff i love that i love that. We'll, we'll hopefully get into that much more uh as as we talk on um just in case on the rare chance that you haven't listened to a, an episode before I'll, I'll give you like an overview of kind of the premise um and then we'll jump right in if does that sound okay sure awesome so it's called the fast friends podcast um and there are three rounds so the first round will be um just questions that i have for you things that i have um read about you uh researched like uh, all that kind of stuff the second is a round called five for five um it is 
absolutely named after the Arby's culinary deal from the 90s, um, where you get five classic roast beef sandwiches for $5. Um, but what will happen is uh, I have five questions for you. You can ask me five questions. We'll ping pong back and forth. Um, and then the last round, we'll play a game of the Fast Friends Fortune Teller, uh, which will reveal an activity. And then at the end, I'll, give, I'll send you a metaphorical friend request to try to see if we would be friends or not. Sound okay? <laughs> sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll jump right into the first round, which is, again, all of the research that I've been doing. So um, anything that I misstate, obviously, correct me, but, uh, but I have questions and some um, and some uh, facts, I guess. I guess facts. Uh, you're originally from Alabama, right? Is that, is, uh, did you grow up in Mobile proper? I did. I did. I was born in Florence. Um, spent a little bit of time in Florence, Alabama. Not Italy. Uh, I know that I come across um, as an Italian man. But uh, the uh, Florence, then moved to Macon, Georgia for a minute. and uh, But, yeah, spent most of my young life in Mobile, Alabama. Mob town. I've never been. What's it like? What's it like there? It's kind of like a, uh, you know, it, it, it shares a resemblance as far as, you know, the streetscape and the architecture to uh, Savannah or New Orleans with, you know, big shady old uh, oak trees and and um, and in big wide streets and, and old, um, you know, sort of. Um, Victorian architecture and and um, but it it, uh, it it's a little more it's a, I would say it's more tame than uh, than uh, or Victorian I guess I would say like like sort of like French inspired you know Spanish inspired you know just because of of its history the architecture and then it's it's um, uh, you know, and then it's it's a it's a fun town, but it's more tame than a New Orleans, I would say. Um, and um, you know, the big thing about Mobile is that that uh, there's a Mardi Gras there, which is again another similarity to uh, to New Orleans. But uh, technically, Mobile had it had it first, you know, by a few years. But anyway, oh shit, yeah, yeah. Um, I did not know that. That's that's the big. Uh, chip on the shoulder of Mobile a little bit is that uh, New Orleans has all the notoriety for Mardi Gras. But um, I would say that, yeah, it's just a little bit more of a conservative New Orleans <laughs> in that sense. Uh, but there's all kinds of art and music and culture there, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful uh, little city. Um, uh, and, you know, it's not the most, it's, 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 I would say in Alabama, maybe the most progressive city is like a Birmingham, Alabama. But uh, <clears throat> you know, Mobile's got a nice mix of of uh, people and uh, culture, and and uh, yeah. So you know, but it's it's right there on the coast, right there on the Gulf of Mexico. I had no idea about the Mardi Gras. That's that's interesting. Everything that I know about Mobile, um, I've actually only learned from. Are you, are you familiar with the TV show The First Forty Eight? On I'm familiar with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Mobile is one of the featured uh, police departments on there, um, and there, I, I love, I love that show. So I watch it way too much. Um, but there's this like, they're one of the people, the detectives. I guess he's like a corporal actually now. His name is Julius Nettles, um, and he is. I really like his like approach to to uh, solving homicide cases. But that's really everything that I know about Mobile to date. Wow, so. I, I, that really makes me want to watch the first forty-eight now. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, if you have Discovery Plus, you can actually, um, you can actually like sort through the seasons and find like just the cities that you want. Um, because I, some of the cities, you know, are more interesting than the other, just based on the people and like the things that, the people that live there and the people working there, and then like just the things that happen. Oh wow. I would recommend Mobile, though. I think they have some pretty good cases on there, um, and they have a pretty good crew of detectives. So, huh, that's neat. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Um, how did you, as like a, I guess a, I'm going to say teenager, I read that you had the nickname Molasses Boy. What is that about? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I am. I am the Molasses Boy. Um, I uh, w well, it was. I was playing football in high school very poorly. I was just very <laughs> slow. I was a lineman 
and uh, you know I was uh, uh, actually a bit big. I mean, I, I you know I'm I'm a husky man. I'm but but I was I was bigger even in high school, and I just could really looked like I could really throw down but I just didn't have it in my heart uh, <laughs> and uh, th- to add to add a little bit of um, sadness to it my cousins who were older than me were like the stars of the football team and they had been there and sort of established the McLeod name as like you know a, uh, a very uh, uh, you know you can rely on the McLeods to be great football players and then I come in and I just suck and I'm slow and so anyway uh, the coach nicknamed me Molasses Boy because I was so I was slow as molasses coming off the line, and so it just kind of uh, it uh, yeah, and then so that that kind of stuck, and then it went away for a few years, and then I <laughs> mentioned it in an interview, and and then all my LA friends found out about <laughs> it that way. So, so now it's back. Now I've embraced it, yeah. and uh, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> at all anymore but uh now i like it as a kid though that's like those or even a teenager i'd say like that that can be really hard and like stick with you oh for sure clearly it did yeah yeah <laughs> i i had a similar scenario in in basketball where i played like fi- in fifth grade and um we always had to play shirts and skins and i am also i am a husky boy um <laughs> so i was always on the skins team which just I feel like some of the kids like called me dr- double dribble because of it. <laughs> double dribble. Yeah, and that shit sticks with you for years. Wow. Yeah. That's a great nickname. Um actually it's really cool like double dribble. Yeah. It's uh, it's a, I think it would still be accurate today, but I, th- I would say that um some of the girls and some most of the girls and some of the guys have since caught up to me. So I don't think that it would stand out as much now, but um <laughs> <laughs> I was an early bloomer, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, it doesn't does it it doesn't come across, you know, like uh, it it makes me just think you like maybe get busted for double dribbling sometimes. So it's like it doesn't it doesn't yeah. uh, necessarily hit me as a physical comment, but <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah. we got we got we have to we have to embrace those childhood taunts and yeah. Or, or these mean coach taunts. These weren't even like other kids. This was just like a mean coach. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It's it, man bullying. It's been around a tale as old as time. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you played football, obviously. I think if my research is correct, between your junior and senior year of high school, you actually moved schools, though, and then started performing, well, p- performed in your first play. Is that right? I did. Yeah. I got bit by the theater bug. I was doing a bit of. Um, backstage work like lighting and sound and making props and making building sets and stuff like that so i got to watch a good bit of middle school and high school theater um but but i wasn't doing it really in high school i was watching stuff and Mm -hmm. i just was like the school that i went to like i said you know i was like i I don't know I, i mean i was playing football really just to make friends and that wasn't really working that great to be honest and uh i but i really did appreciate their drama program there. So I would watch all the shows and I was just like, I really want to try this, but I just can't get up in front of these people. Like, I feel like I'll just be judged too harshly and I'm not ready for that rejection. And so, yeah. So I asked my dad if I could switch schools and uh, go to this other high school my senior year. And uh, that summer I took like a theater. I went to a theater camp and uh, and then kind of just walked right into the auditions at the new school and started booking. I was booked and busy. I was working, not working, but I was in these plays. <laughs> I was in like, you know, all the shows they did that senior year. And it was uh, life changing in many ways. You know, it was just like a it was like a banner year. And it sort of made up for any of the pain in the previous three years, honestly. And then from there, went on to college at University of Alabama. So I do have a question about this because I honestly mm. have no idea. And what does roll when people say roll tide? What the hell does that mean? Do you know? Well, I'm probably. I mean, I'm sure there's sort of a uh, I, there's probably a more specific historical account of where that came from. I believe it was like an announcer who started calling the football team because of the the red jerseys started calling them the crimson tide 
as they, you know, rolled down the field. And so I think it was sort of a turn of phrase that came from, and I, I can't remember the announcer's name, but but I think it was a turn of phrase that, that came from just the 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 visual of seeing the team in their in their you know bright red jerseys coming down the field like a like a wave you know so so the so the phrase uh roll tide came from that i I, you know i always had i always scratched my head with like what's that got to do with an elephant you know yeah um (laughs) so it sort of became like uh, you know, like Go Elephants is not, uh, you know, that great, I guess. So they just sort of, they sort of, uh, you know, stuck with the tide, the Crimson Tide and Roll Tide, you know. So it's, uh, it's a whole, um, there, there's a whole, like, history behind that. But I think it had something to do with them being out on the field and an announcer articulating the visual for, for radio listeners and whatnot. All right. What um, when you were in college, what, did, did you major in theater or did you major in something else and just do theater on the side? I, you know, I don't know if they do this. I mean, they must do it. Obviously, they do it at other schools, but but I, I don't know how popular it is now or what. But anyway, I, I did like um, what was called new college, which was like this thing where you could create your own major. Um, you know, you could just name it. Um, so it wasn't just a theater. It was theater and film. I mean, I didn't have like yeah. a creative name for my major. It was just like I studied theater and film and then, you know, collaborated with these professors who were my advisors on just what that would require to graduate. And um, and so, yeah, so I did a bit of filmmaking and theater in, in at Alabama. Okay, very cool. Were you involved in like the productions there then too? Like that that were being put on by the at the school? The the theater stuff? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was an actor doing doing stuff there like I my first like role that I got like written up for there was like a play called The Foreigner and I, I you know, I'm going to completely blank on who wrote that or whatever, but it was like this is just a pattern in my, you know, I feel like like later in life too, this happens occasionally where an actor drops out and then they cast the next guy. Okay. <laughs> so I wasn't initially cast and then so I kind of came in late after the actor playing my role that previously had my role um, had to leave for some reason. Um, but after I did that, you know, before that I wasn't, I wasn't really getting like, I don't know, I hadn't figured it out. I wasn't like um, getting cast. But anyway, thankfully that, that opportunity came and it was such a positive reaction in that particular small little network, you know, the, the Alabama, the University of Alabama theater department that I started getting more roles after that. So, yeah, so I did like a good amount of, of theater there and also with like Theater Tuscaloosa, which was just another theater entity in, in town. And so, um, and other little theater guilds and things that that friends would like you know create so we could do some Shakespeare in the park um, and that sort of thing so um, so that was a great experience I'd love to do more I did I did a play a couple of years ago that a couple of pals of mine wrote that was like an immersive play and it was so fun so that's just something I've been more doing more on camera stuff but uh, anyway what's like is there do you feed off of the the uh, like live audience reaction versus like when you're filming for like a TV show or a movie or something? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 um it's great to to know that, you know, people are listening to you and yeah. in the moment reacting, you know, especially if you're doing something comedic. It's it's really it's really exciting and different than than on camera stuff because I I'm often leaving whenever I often feel when I'm leaving a set like oh gosh did I did I did I do that right <laughs> did yeah. I have like the post the post like just like anxiety of 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 uh, maybe I should have tried that maybe I should have tried this um, when you're doing a play. Um, you can you've rehearsed it so many times you know how you're going to do it and and it works or if it doesn't work you get to try something a little different Mm -hmm. the next night Um, so uh, but you know 
you don't have to have you don't have to ask yourself you know whether it worked or not because you have an, an audience there that's giving you feedback yeah well, that's very cool what was it that made you decide that um, you were gonna head like west to California to LA like once you were done with with school well it it was um, uh, I my senior year of college I did a um, participated in a class that um, where they it was like a high-level production class that was taught by an alum of the University of Alabama uh, named Tom Sharonas and he came back for uh, he was working out in LA for decades and he he's like known for directing Seinfeld and news radio and uh, prior to that he was like a producer on Mr. Rogers and he has just this like incredible um, TV resume and he offered to come back to Alabama to to do like a month long um, production class and just like kind of get you get kids to experience kind of the nitty gritty of making a, a short film in this case um, from the ground up so he held like a, a competition basically of scripts a script script competition and me and a buddy of mine wrote up this uh, idea that we had and he picked our idea and then that class that experience was so exciting and felt like we were really doing stuff you know um, as opposed to the regular film classes that I was taking it was like this was like we we're really making something you know and and it's not like not like we weren't making stuff in other classes but it just was like nice to have somebody there that's like really done it and really kind of knows what they're talking about to give you feedback and and uh, and so it was a really f fun process to watch from beginning to end and and really um, got me you know, just excited about the potential when you're collaborating with, with other people and working on stuff. So basically, Tom was like, you know, you look like a writer. You should go to Hollywood. And at that point, I was just like, not sure. I mean, I didn't really have a backup like idea. I was thinking about joining the Peace Corps. Um, and then Tom was like, maybe try writing. And so I was like, fuck the Peace Corps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Hollywood. So when you got there, were you like, I'm going to figure this out? Like, I'll just like find gigs and kind of like, what did that look like your first, you know, let's say few months in L.A.? Um, yeah, it's intimidating. It's intimidating. Uh, I, you know, I came actually I did like a uh, oh gosh, what, what do you call it? A uh, Habitat for Humanity trip that uh, somehow I got connected to that came out, okay. took me out to like, I think it was like San Pedro, but like part of it was in in L.A. and South Central. We were building houses and like just doing, you know, helping with stuff. And so I kind of got a lay of the land and I was like, hey, I kind of like this, you know, this 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 big city. Um, so I kind of gotten a glimpse. But then that was like my only real glimpse was was that. And then. And then when I was talking about coming out here, uh, a few other buddies were also listless and thinking about what to do next. And so it ended up being four of us that came out here. And there had already been a couple of people from that class at Alabama that had come out here. So um, so we were all just, you know, kind of in the same boat and kind of trying to make connections that way. And so I want to fast forward a little bit to um, I think these two are related, like working on some stuff with Funny or Die and then uh, the Drunk History Comedy Central version, because I know it was originally a web series. But um, with so can you tell me how you got involved with with Funny or Die and then um, with Drunk History specifically? I just have a I have a one question on that. <laughs> Sure. I was, um, you know, Funny or Die, when it started out, they were, it, it was just um, a very disorganized, like, kind of like free for all, you know. Um, and it got only a little more organized, I think, as it went on. But at the beginning, it was just kind of like, you know, people in the comedy community were kind of occasionally working, doing like doing a doing a video or something with Funny or Die at the start, or they would maybe someone who was like, you know, like a a, a 
Jake Szymanski or a Lauren Palmigiano might be directing something. They were like on staff or very early on and they might be like making something and they might know you from doing an improv show at UCB or a sketch show and they would just, you know, reach out. And so I was, I want to say like the first thing I did with Funny or Die was just a thing that LP, uh, that, that Lauren Palmigiano LP, she reached out to me about and, um, and uh, they, they they were just asking me to do like be a customer at a at like a fast food restaurant where John C. Riley is like the the spokesperson, kind of like the Dave of Wendy's or whatever. Okay. Um, and I'm the customer, and it just kind of it's it's him talking about how great the restaurant is and the food is. And then he goes behind a two-way mirror to watch me eat, and it really gets him off. He just starts like jacking off to watch while he watches me eat, like a you know some lasagna or something. And that's that the you know. So anyway, it was just like, uh, you know, it just was like, wow. I was like John C. Riley. You know, I was like, this is this is great. You know, and then that was kind of like my first. I believe that was one of like my first foray into you know some funnier die stuff. And so I wasn't. I wasn't like on staff for years. I would just like pop in whenever they asked me to do a video or I would maybe pitch one of the directors an idea and see if I could uh, get it produced, you know, get a mm-hmm. short film or something produced and that would work out. And then eventually um, I believe like LP was a, the head writer and they asked me to come out and, um, you know, be on staff, uh, on staff writer. Uh, which ended up turning into being a director too, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, so that was so so you know made made a lot of stuff over there, and, and you know it was it was neat. It was the most formal like job I've had. Well, I had had since like years before when I was like a PA and stuff, like going into an office every day and like you know, right? I hadn't had that. I, I haven't really had that experience like a ton where I just like have a job a job like a steady gig where it's like oh well i know what i'm doing this week like it's it's always been kind of um freelance you know lifestyle just like taking things as they come and working on my own projects in between and stuff yeah with um so uh, i want to pivot up that to the drunk history question oh um, right which uh, obviously i mean i think that people get the idea of, of drunk history but um it's and correct me if I'm misstating any of this, but um, it's very funny. It's it's a show where people like will study specific actual historical events, then proceed to get drunk and try to recount them. And they'll have actors sort of like play out the scene as the person is recounting it um, for people that may not have seen it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's very, very funny. Um, what specifically and I. Maybe it's uh, it it varies some episode by episode, but like, was there anything specific that you would go to, or like, did you have a specific regimen for like how to approach getting drunk? Meaning, oh, sorry, <laughs> were they like, we really want to get you shit faced, so we're gonna start with like three shots of X and then like ease into a drink? You know, like, what was the strategy? Was there a strategy? I guess. I would say that that in the beginning there there was sort of like two maybe more, but at least a couple of lives that drunk history had prior before it was a TV show. It was like a funnier die videos. And, um, again, at the, when it was with funnier die, there was no, no, there was no formal like pattern or system (laughs) at all. It was just like, you know, for, for what I did when it was a video, um, there was this, a Christmas, uh, video where it was like, myself and a, a a bunch of other dudes reciting twas the night before christmas drunk and mm-hmm. um so that was just like a call from derek at like you know one in the afternoon like going hey man uh, if you want to if you got something at your house to drink just go ahead and start and uh so i th- i think i had um some bourbon or something and, and uh so i started started drinking and then when i 
they pick, they did pick you up. It wasn't like you had to get yourself to set or anything. <laughs> so they would pick you up, you know, and then I got there and, uh, you know, and then they just had like a full bar there. I think they had asked me what I would wanted before, like maybe weeks before. And I think, and, and it was like, I was like, Hmm, I can get anything I want. How about kettle one? That sounded, I wasn't even like a, a vodka guy right. necessarily. <laughs> I was just like, that sounds a little bit fancy and you know maybe cleaner <laughs> not just like the worst thing to like drink so then i was our then i was mixing because i was like i was like oh god now i have a burden now i was like oh gosh i gotta drink this because i got it for me so i'm doing that and then it just it, everybody it was just a it ultimately was a mess and uh, yeah. and the, their initial idea was to have a medley of different narrators and then it just didn't make sense and you know barely anybody got through the whole story or whatever so it was just kind of a, it was just kind of a mess so that it ultimately ended up just being me at the end of the day because it was a little bit easier i think to follow as opposed mm -hmm. to watching um ryan gosling uh <laughs> lip sync a bunch of different voices it was just kind of like it was just like made more sense to just do one but anyway there was it was a mess it was a total mess and uh um but you know it came out really funny but after they became a tv show it was much more formalized a little more organized you know they would ask you they would have you like not drink till like right before or even like after you got there okay. so you'd be there and you'd be relaxing. You know, they want you to be relaxed. They want you to be, if you can be, if you can do it at your own place, they would prefer that. I think the, the, the Christmas one we did was like at the Beverly Hilton. Um, but but generally they like to do it like it's a documentary. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they're sitting down with someone to have a real like, you know, like be told a story and the person needs to feel comfortable and and um, and not, not out of their element. So, um uh, they would they but they you know they don't they they kind of modulate it how drunk you know not modulate how drunk you were they were they weren't watching you or fixing drinks for you it was all it was always you know just like you can start drinking now and yeah. we're gonna set up and while you're while you start fixing drinks we'll probably film that but you really never started the story until you were clearly like they did breathalyze you, okay. but it wasn't, it wasn't like we got drinks lined up for you. It's just like, you know, I don't even think they bought alcohol. It was like, you kind of had to, you kind of had to get that. <laughs> oh, BYO. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, I think there was compensation for it, but they just were like, you, that's, you handle that. I assume there's rules against getting actors <laughs> drunk and stuff. <laughs> um, and so, you know, but, um, uh, but yeah, so uh, it was uh, pretty, um, uh, it was pretty formalized when the TV show started and there was always a medic and they would always like hang out, you know, with you after the crew left just to make sure you were okay and you know breathalyze you again and all that kind of stuff so it felt much um if, if, as organized and safe as that particular type of thing can be that's that's how it went <laughs> <laughs> all right in my case <laughs> um do you is that what led to you picking up like roles on some of these other shows like work you know workaholics or like uh kirstie or like parks and rec um um, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I, I don't know. I'm sure it didn't hurt if some, sure. somebody recognized me from drunk history. It's always nice to, um, have something to talk about in the room with a casting director, you know? Yeah. It was like nice to have like a credit. And I don't really recall, I guess I was probably doing commercials by the time I was doing mm -hmm. a drunk history. Um, but yeah, I don't recall what came first i mean i i continued to do drunk histories i think every season i did like one episode or one segment you know mm -hmm. almost every season and then in the midst of that yeah i mean stuff like it's it's always different like you know i knew i knew um sometimes things like parks and rec were just like um i think like I believe like Joe Mandy and Alan Yang, who are writers on the show, mm -hmm. just kind of thought of me for this reporter role. Yeah. 
and just reached out to see if I was, you know, available. So I, you know, so sometimes it happens like that. That's the best when someone just like, you know, thinks of you and then, you know, you don't even have to audition for it. Sure. I want to talk about You're the Worst a little bit. This is, um, I love the show. Uh, I don't know. I know, um, actually, the way that I found it was I <laughs> I had to have back surgery. Um, and so I was off work for like three months um, and recovering. So I was basically like limited to the couch. And one of my coworkers gifted me like a Hulu login. And so that's how I like first came across You're the Worst. I didn't see it like in its, you know, original run or whatever. Um, I caught up because I think I got up to season three and then I was waiting for the season four premiere. Um, for, <laughs> for people that don't watch, I and I would love to get your take on this. Like the way that I try to describe it to people is um, I think it's just like a really good and real representation of how perfectly fucked up everyone is <laughs> in the whole world, but like how it is like their version of perfect or like their version of what life is. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, or, or if what I'm trying to say even is coming through, um, as somebody who is involved in the project, what do you, like, how do you describe it to people? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's kind of like a, I, I guess it's sort of like a, uh, you know, a fucked up rom-com, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it, I do think it, it, it is authentic in the sense that, you know, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of friend groups where there's jealousy and they're fucking each other over all the time. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it it's, it's kind of a fun twisted version of, you know, a romantic, you know, uh, a, a romance where they just immediately have sex and then like figure it out from there. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's no romance really involved, like cut straight through the romance and then the, you know, it's sort of a backwards romance or something where, you know. Um, where there's no buildup <laughs> to yeah. to it, you know, they just do it, and now it's like, oh Jesus, what did we do? Uh, are we even in love? Do we like each other? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of rambling too. It's it's been a minute since I've thought about it, but it's it's yeah. it it is like. Um, it's just kind of like a fun, like little crew of people that you want to hang out with, even though they're all terrible, you know, they're all like, and, and I, I think they're all, that's what the journey is, is that there's, there's, they all kind of arrive at some level of humanity, um, by the end. And, and I liked being the nice guy, like in the, yeah. in the group, <laughs> I liked yeah. being sort of the, the counterpoint or sort of the, 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 the you know, the the kind of the nice element that even though I was always my character Paul was always getting shit on you know it was like yeah. it was uh, nice to be kind of like a, a heart filled you know a, a, a loving character in the midst of all the fucking assholes <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but then I think it's also like it was very exciting for me just because the character goes through so much stuff and um you know like i i do become a terrible person and, uh, <laughs> and which is kind of true you know it's like you know you kind of become sort of an amalgam of like the five people you hang out with you know like all the time and yeah. in, in many ways so in that chapter of paul's life he's hanging out with these terrible people and he gets like and he and he gets literally stabbed in the back and yeah. <laughs> just goes off off the deep end and becomes and becomes the uninhibited terrible version of of himself and and which is also just you know like just a, a really fun thing to do which is it what i what i really liked another thing i liked about you the worst was how it would reflect different moments in time you know that period and to um you know there was this this sort of burgeoning or just like i don't know not burgeoning men's right men's rights movement but it was just like a a thing that people were becoming more aware of is these incel men's rights guys mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh it was fun to be able to kind of um 
fit that into the story and make that part of of Paul's story, you know, that he he has nowhere, he has no one to turn to, and it becomes like a a victim and misled of like you know by these internet forums of you know men's rights guys, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so I, I don't know. It's, it's I'm just sort of hearkening back to it now, but it was it was like a lot of uh, there was there was so much fun stuff and and you know Kether Donahue's like just a force of nature and you know I'm a b- bit more even keeled and placid and she was really you know without trying she she pushed me and and you know it was like it was really great to uh to work with her and everybody Aya Chris uh Desmond everybody and mm-hmm. you know and I I I you know um yeah so it was just a really fun cast and I was just so excited to to be a part of it yeah like I said if if people are listening and haven't watched it it is a, it's a great show a little dark like we said a little fucked up but um but it absolutely will like hook you in I think um because I remember too like you were talking about when Paul sort of like because you're right he's like constantly uh, spoiler alert by the way but like he's constantly <laughs> getting shit on right and then there was the scene at the divorce party where you got to enter like to this like maniacal laugh and we're just like a full on asshole and it was like there was like I remember watching that and and being like fuck yeah good for him you know what I mean <laughs> like he's finally like not gonna take this shit right now um so yeah no it was it was great like I love to be able to go on those journeys with characters right um yeah and their characters were were all great in that in that show. Um, I have one question. There was a scene in a different episode where you and Kether are, um, do a duet of, I don't know much by Aaron Neville and Linda Ronstadt. Was this you actually singing or was this, I'm very curious. Oh, that was me. Yeah. That was me. And her too. That was, oh, absolutely. Kether. Yeah. We went, I remember going to her, um, voice coach. Okay. Once, once or twice with her to, to, to work on that. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was stunned, stunned to read that in the script because I didn't know that Stephen Falk, who created the show, um, like knew that I sang, you know, I mean, I sing, I like do a lot of karaoke and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, and I think occasionally like with maybe with a kiss from daddy, I, w- I would do some some singing or something I, but, um, you know, yeah. So I, and not only that, not only that it was that like, did he or did he not know that I could sing, but it was just like the Aaron Neville part of that song is so, so specific and like very, it was like kind of in my range. And I was like, wow, like I've never tried to sing this song before, but I'm like kind of doing it. And, uh, so I, I don't know. I was really, it was a really, I was, I, you know, it was a really exciting thing to read. And then I was like, gosh, can I do this? Or like, you know, are they going to, are they going to vocally replace me or whatever? Like I knew Kether could do it. She sings like all the time and she's got an incredible voice and she can control her voice really well. Um, so I was like, you know, really a bit nervous about it. And then we went to her like vocal coach and, he made me feel a lot better about kind of where I was with it, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause I love that song. And, and, uh, so it was really exciting to, to get to do that. Um, those are all the questions I had for the first round. Um, if you are right. still good, we'll move into the second round round two. Yeah. So this is called five for five. Like I mentioned, named after one of my favorite delicacies, which is the Arby's roast beef five for five deal. Um, so, you, I have five questions for you. Um, you have the opportunity to ask me five questions. You can either wing it. I don't know if you came with questions prepped, um, but I'll let you start mm. if you want, since you're the guest. <laughs> uh, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm in the Chicago suburbs, and this oh. is my office um, in my house. So I have a lot of like wrestling memorabilia. I'm a professional wrestling fan. Um, and he used to work in professional wrestling. So there's a lot of that that's occupying the background here. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, I got to get to Chicago. I can't believe I've never been. It's it's fun. It's you. Well, it's getting to the point of the year where you won't want to come for a while until it gets back to like spring because the winter mm. can be like pretty miserable. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I would say don't come after October and don't come mm. before May. 
Well, That's what there I would you go. say. <laughs> but I'm great... in the suburbs. Um, you know, I was in the city up until recently. So, yeah, that's where I am. This is my apartment. It's very You're exciting. Rocking the suburbs. I can give you a cribs tour if you want after, after we're done. Sounds good. We'll <laughs> it'll see take what time like, it is. Yeah, it'll take like seven seconds because it's very oh, okay. small. <laughs> I have time for that. Um, cool. My first question for you is: If I came to visit you for a weekend in Mobile, what would be the must-have foods that I would need to eat and experience? Oh shit. It could be restaurants oh, or just gosh. like seasonal, or se- seasonal. No, there's definitely restaurants. Cuisine. Oh, um, okay. Well, oh my god, I am okay. Well, how about Brick Pit Barbecue? Okay, um, is a great. That's a that's a great lunch or dinner. That's like the real deal barbecue. I believe it's right there on Old Shell Road, right next door. But before that, though, we'd have to go to Satori Coffee, which is right next door to Brick Pit. Okay. To really mess our stomachs up before eating barbecue. <laughs> uh, Satori was formerly a, a record store um, decades ago and then pivoted into becoming a cafe as the digital music revolution yeah. <laughs> revolution began. Um, and uh, But then we'd have to go downtown for some nightlife, and um, I am struggling to remember if... if um, what some of my favorite restaurant names are down there. But we'd probably go, and I'm just crossing my fingers that it's still there. We'd probably have to go um, have a drink at, at Hurricanes, um, <laughs> if, it's, if it's still there. And uh, um, I would say there's, right around Bienville Square, there's a lot of really great Restaurants that uh, oh I, I really like uh, if we want to do something fancy maybe we'd go to the dumb waiter oh that sounds fun um, yeah some good uh, some good high quality seafood um, right there from the Gulf love it yeah love it sweet well it's time for your second question then for oh, me oh gosh um, so um, are you reading any books lately? <laughs> Um, yes, I am reading a book um, from Arden Mirren. Are you familiar with her? She's a comedian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not brand new. It's um, It's been out a little bit, but it's um, called Little Miss Little Compton, um, and it's a memoir. I really like memoirs. Cool. Um, and uh, she's, I, I love her. I love like all of those people that have, were, have been on like Mad TV and like Chelsea lately and all of that. They're like, mm-hmm. that's my... I love that. Um, and so, yeah, it's a it's a memoir about her life growing up in this small town called Little Compton, which I think is so fitting for her. Just based on <laughs> I act like I know her. I don't know her. Um, but like based on the personality, I think that she portrays, you know, it's um, it's perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, cool. My second question for you is if you were a criminal, what would be your calling card? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. It would be a, you know, like, um, like a a little sample jar of like a jelly. Oh, yeah. It would be a little sample jar of molasses. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Taking it all the way back. Mm -hmm. Um, that's amazing. All right. Uh, It's time for your third question for me. Um, you seen any good movies lately? <laughs> um, I have not. I want to watch. I've, I guess, good is subjective, right? Um, I don't oh, know yeah. if this is a good movie, but I've heard that it's funny. Uh, I want to watch Vacation Friends. Um, oh which yeah, that has does John look Cena funny. in it. Yeah, I think it looks kind of funny. I um, like all those people. Yeah. 
So I think we might watch that this weekend. My uh, my buddy was I talked to him last weekend and he said it was really funny. Um, again, like being wrestling fans, of course, like we're more inclined to watch it because of John Cena. But um, yeah, I think that's probably what we might watch that this weekend. But I don't actually watch a lot of movies, which is weird. Um, I, I don't know if I just like don't have the attention span for them. I know that's terrible, but no, that's not terrible at all. I, I was way behind. Like I'm sort of like doing like a bit of a, um, a, a you know, just I, I was, I guess mid pandemic, I started sort of getting into like noir movies from like the seventies or eighties that were like <clears throat> based in Los Angeles and, and, um, and then started kind of like doing this. It, it felt like I'm. It feels like I'm in the midst of like sort of re-educating myself about films for some reason. I don't know why I started getting back into it again. But I was doing definitely watching a lot more TV or um, playing video games. And mm-hmm. I'm taking a little breather, not for, for much longer. But it was uh, from video games. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back <laughs> into it. Look for me on Twitch. Um, but. Uh, um, but yeah, but uh, I, uh, you know, like have been just kind of doing the thing where you kind of watch back to back like a couple of movies from the same director, mm-hmm. you know, like recently watched Michael Mann's like Heat and then Collateral and, uh, you know, watching a couple of back to back De Palma movies now, just like, you know, it's that's that's kind of I don't know, I feel like lately just kind of reinvigorated with some movies and 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 that's why I asked that. It wasn't just a question just uh, that I pulled out of the air right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I do. I probably I think we'll probably start watching more stuff as the season like gets into fall and winter because it just becomes like, honestly, pretty oh, that miserable totally to go makes outside. sense. And it's like dark at like four o'clock, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock. It's mm-hmm. whatever. So, yeah, I feel like we are uh, our viewing picks up significantly uh, in the in the fall and winter months here. Totally. Uh, my third question for you is if you could pick any event from history and to make one more episode of drunk history, what event would you pick? <laughs> it's hard not to think of recent history only because right. <laughs> it's so fresh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let's see, trying to think of something, everything I keep thinking of is like, I realize that I'm thinking of it because I probably saw it on drunk history already. <laughs> um, I don't know. It might be something like, that's about how and i'm only just kind of thinking of this because we were just talking about movies maybe but you know maybe something about like how an old film like some story from an old from a famous old film you know like some crazy story about maybe there was like it's probably not as life and death as many most of the good the good, good stories are but sometimes like that behind the scenes like stuff where like a director gets kicked off you know a movie and a new person comes in or there's like a rivalry between actors or something like that would be really fun to see you know like of a i mean they may i think is that is this what like uh that citizen kane movie is about i'm not sure but Mm. (laughs) i don't know i think there's also more history to pull from like um stories in new orleans too i did a story about like Jean Lafitte and Andrew Jackson, but I I do think there's probably more. There's so much history in New Orleans. There's got to be more to mine from that. By the way, my chair just like sounded. I w- I just want to point out if you heard a little creaking sound, that wasn't a fart. Okay, <laughs> it's my chair adjusting. People would probably suspect that I was farting before you. <laughs> cool. It's time for your fourth question for me. Let's see. What's like your your jam that you're listening to right now? Oh, great question. So there's this song. It's a country song, but it's like country pop because it's new. You know, it's by a country artist named Walker Hayes and it's called Fancy Like. Um, And he name drops Applebee's in it and like talks about their actual entrees. Are you familiar with the song? Logan, I'm about to blow your mind right now. Okay, you ready? Yes, I'm sitting down already. Okay, and farting. This is going to you're not going to believe this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. so you were asking me earlier about. I was telling you earlier anyway about when I left one school to go to another high school. So the, what I was talking about, like, I was going to a school called St. Paul's in Mobile. And the show that I saw in the theater, the drama that the drama class put on was that this is the show that, like, made me go. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. This is the show that made me go. 
I want to try this. I really want to try acting and being on stage and stuff. The show was that the school put on was Little Shop of Horrors and who is playing Seymour but Walker Hayes. No. I swear to you, Walker Hayes played Seymour. He did he did it so well that I was so impressed that I was like I basically wanted to become an actor. <laughs> Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So yeah, Walker Hayes and I went to went to high school together. But then I couldn't face Walker Hayes and perform. Like I thought he was really cool and too cool and stuff, but I, I didn't want to audition for any place my senior year, <laughs> so I went to another school where I didn't know anybody. That's how good he was and yeah. continues to be. Obviously he's got this hit pop country song. Yeah. Called Fancy Like. So drinking natty lights. That was what we called them back in Mobile. Yeah, Natty and the Styrofoam. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah. And there's like a TikTok dance, which of course I don't know because I'm too old for TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, I do love Applebee's. I know a lot of people don't. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for Applebee's. Um, <laughs> and I love that he's just like name dropping Bourbon Steak, Bourbon Street Steak, and all of this. That makes sense now. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. It's like worlds colliding, and I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Walker Hayes, if you're listening, you're more than welcome to come on also. I'm sure that you are. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never told him. I mean, I've never had any interaction with him since high school. Uh, he was always very kind to me. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, and I'm... He played football. We were on the we were on the football team together, as I recall. Wow. Um, so yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, I think I've I'd seen that I've seen the Applebee's commercial that that's in. Oh now. yeah, yeah. They licensed <laughs> it. That good for them. They jumped right on it, which is great. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But it's very it's very exciting. Yeah. Home, hometown hero. Hometown Walker hero. Hayes. It's a great. I mean, it's a great jam. You know. Um, I mean, if you were to it's ask good. me. In f- four to five years i don't know like it, if it'll stand the test of time i don't know if it'll be like the next chattahoochee but like it's good <laughs> i like it i like it that's a great comparison it very well could be yeah we'll see because because chattahoochee then they started using it in all the commercials for the river yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, gosh chattahoochee. my uh my fourth question for you is what's the longest you've ever waited in line for something and what was it you know, I am I'm very anti waiting in lines. Like I, I don't care too. what it is. Like I don't know. Like people will go to Austin and be like, You gotta go check out this barbecue and then it's like and I have waited in line for like a barbecue truck that's like just kind of like a like a little ramshackle like trailer or something where they could you know. But it wasn't that long. It was like maybe like twenty five minutes. Like I, I just don't care that much to wait in line that long. So it would have to be something where it's not like a restaurant or whatever. Like it would, it would probably be, you know, like in the line at like uh, Disney World or something like that. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Probably you... before fast passes were a thing. You know, like. Yeah. Um. I I would I would wait for that or or um. You know, I I think I waited in a pretty long line to uh, get vaccinated <laughs> oh sure yeah, yeah. So i would do that if it's like a <laughs> yeah. life life-saving situation uh yeah. but otherwise yeah what the question was what would i do it for or what what have you oh yeah so i guess the vaccination and i yeah. guess like space mountain <laughs> okay <laughs> all right it's time for your fourth question for me uh what what are you up to tonight <laughs> tonight we are <laughs> Uh, nothing exciting, I can tell you that. Um, I'll probably be in bed by like nine o'clock. Uh, oh, we man. are going to like a an outdoor market thing tomorrow that's held like twice a year. So we're gonna go mm-hmm. do that. It's over in Rockford, Illinois. So it's a couple a couple hours away, but we're gonna do that. So yeah, we'll be in bed early tonight, and uh, I'm tired Love from it. work this week. And we'll probably make dinner and then watch some AP Bio because that just came out. Um, and we will call it an early night. I'm sure we live oh, an exciting man. life over here. There you go. That's <laughs> that's get that rest. Yeah, it's going to be a big day over there. That sounds like a great day. I yeah. love a, I love a nice outdoor market. It's fun. I mean, it's fun. We we've well, it looks fun. We've never been. Every other time that we tried to go, there was like 
it either got canceled with COVID last year or the year before that, like we had something going on because it's literally just twice a year that they, and it's like all these vendors around the Midwest um, that come for it. So, yeah. So it's time for them. My fifth question for you, which is if there was a sandwich that was named after you, what would be on it? Well, there's got to be a little bit of molasses. Um, <laughs> what pairs with dripped molasses? on there? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think you can mix that in with some kind of a sauce, molasses sauce or something. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's like a, a French uh, molasses dip type sandwich. But uh, uh, let's see. Well, I guess McRib is already taken. Do you like the McRib? So, <laughs> I do like the McRib. I don't seek it out like when it comes around, but I, the I do like it. Yeah, I like the okay. McRib when I <laughs> when I occasionally have when I've dabbled in the past. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. It's like a it's a obviously like a just a weird looking patty, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's that sauce on there. Yeah, no, I'll stick with, how about the, yeah, like, how about, well, I'll stick with the molasses French dip. Okay, I can see that. Or maybe like I, nice I gotta call beef. it Scottish dip. The molasses okay. Scottish dip. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm gonna work on that. Okay, that um, sounds good. And Yeah, yeah under we're still, we're still doing some, some focus groups about that. Yeah. Cool, well, it's time for the third round, which is the Fast Friends Fortune Teller round. That's the final round. So what'll happen here is um, I'll be using one of these paper fortune tellers and asking you a couple of questions, which will reveal like a final activity that's very short. But I will ask you, if we were on a road trip right now, you and I, and we were starting a playlist, uh, you had to pick a playlist rather, and it's which boy band would you pick first? Would you pick Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees, or One Direction? I think, oh gosh, it might be One Direction. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to say One Direction, but there is a little bit of sync that I yeah. <laughs> am also into. So you're going to start with One Direction. Answer. I would start with One Direction. I would start there. Okay, so then. And then sneak in a little, and then sink in a little in sync. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get to play all of them. It's just like, which was your first Yeah, pick, right, you know? right, right. Great. I mean, yeah, this you is can't a long have a boy trip. band playlist if you're. If you don't have those four represented, right. in my opinion. Okay, so we're stopping for a drive-thru. We stop at an exit to get food in the drive-thru. Do we go to Burger King, Arby's, Wendy's, or McDonald's? I'm going to say I'd like to go to Arby's, please. Okay, yeah. Who doesn't? So behind Arby's is uh, the game Truth or Dare. Um, so I have one true. I have one question and one dare for you, and so you can pick Truth or Dare, and then I will oh, either shit. ask you the question or give you a dare. Oh, my God. Okay. Hmm. Let's say dare. Whoa. Most people don't go with dare. They almost <laughs> always say truth. So the dare is, and it's kind of like maybe a lame dare, but it's like, now that you've spent a little time with me, is there somebody that you think that you know from your world that would be a great guest on the show that you would dare to come on? <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be a dare to pimp one of my friends into coming to be yeah. a guest on the show. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have a lot of friends that would be, that would be a, a great guest. My friend Mookie. <laughs> uh, wait, what's the dare? It's just to answer, like, who would... I mean, in, in an, I wouldn't be mad if you actually asked them. I was, like, them. prepared to, like, cut myself or something. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. The dare is that I dare one of my friends <laughs> to come on a show. You're sacrificing uh, them. My friend Eva Anderson is, is the top tippity top podcast guest you're never gonna get a better interview than eva anderson so that's so, since yeah <laughs> so, all right eva, I'm coming still, for you. still feels like a truth but yeah well that's all right I, i'll follow up with her you know you don't have to do any of the work <laughs> okay right it's a dare you've dared yourself yeah yeah it's all self-serving yeah. um awesome well this is the point in the episode at the very end where um Basically, all of the cards are on the table. So Alan McLeod, Logan Cummins has sent you a metaphorical friend request. Based on our time today, would you confirm or delete the friend request? Mm, okay. My inner monologue. Oh, gosh. I'm really got a lot of stuff going on. It's hard to make time for new friends. Mm, mm. It's oh, fair. Oh, gosh. And what's this? My keyboard's a little sticky here. I got to... Oh! I just accepted it Yay! for good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Now you're stuck. Sorry. <laughs> now I'm stuck. I'll commit. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, 
thank you for coming on. Thank you for accepting my friend request and, and telling us more about you. Where can listeners sure. follow and um, find you online or in real life? You know. Oh, yeah. On Twitter, you can find me at Alan McLeod, A-L-L-A-N-M-C-L-E-O-D. Same goes for Instagram. On Twitch, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Alan McLeod. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if anything is worth mentioning right now. There's there's things in the pipeline work-wise, but, uh, yeah, physically you can probably find me hiking at one of Los Angeles's lovely parks you don't have to tell people if you don't want to. If you don't want them like showing up. <laughs> I'm not worried. I would be a delight if someone showed up to Griffith Park and waited, looked around for me, yeah. just at any old time. <laughs> I love you said it. to meet you here. <laughs> They're just sitting in the parking lot waiting for you. Awesome. Well, if you're listening at home, we want to hear from you. So when Alan and I hang out for the first time as friends, if you could plan our outing for us, what would you plan for us to do? You can hit us either of us up on Twitter. You can call or text the podcast at 872-267-2735. And you know what? Write us a review too. Awesome. Alan, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to hang out with you. And I'm so glad that we're friends. Yeah. Great hanging out with you, pal. Have a good weekend, man. All right. You (laughs) too. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fast Friends Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for an all-new episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.